Hello, we're back with the unironic masterpiece fanfic theater. Nick, say a thing. Hey, I'm saying a thing. This is Jesse, Steven, and myself, Nick. Um, I'm Jesse. That's Jesse. Uh, this is our second episode. Uh, last time we covered a fic by Dark Angelus, president for a day. Today we'll be covering War Games by Isavaro? Isvari. Isvaro. Okay, my bad. Isvari. Okay. Isvari. Isvari. Are you I, sure? I don't know. It, it's. I think it's an expression. I don't know. Isvaro. Isvari. I. I. have never tried to pronounce it in conversation. I've always just read it and typed it. Well, in this case, uh, special surprise. Unlike last time, this time we actually have the author's permission before we start. Imagine that. Yeah, we, weird, right? We, we actually sent a message, like mature adults. We, we had the foresight to do that before recording, as opposed to waiting until the day over after. As opposed to last time, when we had three sight. Yeah, right? Next time we'll have five sight. I don't know if we can handle five sight. Yay! Um, so, if you're not familiar with the format, basically this is a highly amateur uh, review session. Um, we go through, we talk about a fan fiction that we found, something that we enjoyed, maybe liked, something unlike a lot of other fan fiction podcasts. We try and find the good stuff. So, Stephen, if you'd like to get us started. So, here's an introduction to today's fic uh, called War Games. So, War Games, uh, we're reading it off of fanfiction.net, where it was published in July 28, 2010. But I believe it was posted elsewhere prior to that. But that's the extent of what I'm willing to research because I'm a lazy bum. Hey. Um, I've actually got some background with this story and this author, so I've got to get some uh, some some baggage out of the way oh, to boy. put my bias out in the open. So um, please, Stephen, there are children around. Don't hang your bias around. Uh, I can't. I can't. I can't not hang the bias. All right, fine. Just do it. You know, with some class. Okay, so this author is actually uh, one of the first authors I got into when I was starting up with fan fiction, which was why I brought this particular story up, because it's one of her one-shots. It's one of her older one-shots. So it's, uh, it's actually... There, there's some things to enjoy about it and some things to pick at, which is good for us. Mm -hmm. But um, this author actually sort of was the one that made me go, oh, fan fiction can be not just crack. Because <laughs> uh, I, I alluded to this back when uh, back in the last episode. I started with, like, cracky Mega Man X fix that I still can't bring myself to take down from my profile. Even though they're garbage, people still like and comment on them, so I'm not going to take that away from them. <laughs> but um, I, uh, I stumbled on... Uh, I'm just going to alternate pronunciations. I started with um, Crack Fix and then came to one of Isvarl's fix called Child Play. Child's we're, Play? I we're not going to get this right. There's no way we're going to pronounce this correctly. Just alternate. If we keep trying, maybe it'll happen. <laughs> Jesse tried to Google it. Uh, the result is we should be saying the word savvy, which I don't think is correct. <laughs> Did you mean savvy pronunciation? I am deeply sorry for this butchering of your username. It's fine, savvy. We got you. <laughs> okay. But um, I, I stumbled onto one of her works called Child's Play. Couldn't really get into it. But then I found another one of her works called uh, The Maverick X-Files, which is... 
Is it exactly what it sounds like? Oh, it is exactly what awesome. it sounds like. That's fantastic. It's it's a Mega Man X fanfic where magic and sorcery and the robots have souls that they just yoinked out of the ether and put into them to give them emulsions. That sounds fun. I love Gears of War. I know, right? But anyway, <laughs> that was um, that was how I was sort of introduced to fanfiction as something that could be, you know, a little uh, a little more exploratory of the original work as opposed to just a stupid thing to do with your crappy high school sense of humor. <laughs> so this, uh, this story means something to me. So just getting that out of the way. <laughs> Steven, you got some, uh, some, some tears? Got some. A little bit of... Uh, little I, I thought of... you were going to say I had some brown on my nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I, I am significantly less familiar with both the author and the source material in question this time than I was last time. Uh, whereas, I mean, I'm a huge Dragon Ball Z fan, have been pretty much my whole life. Uh, I, my knowledge of Mega Man stops pretty much after Mega Man 2. Uh, I remember I played a little bit of Zero 12 years ago, 13 years ago, somewhere crazy like that. Um, and I've played one or two of the X series, but that's about it. And Jesse, what's your knowledge of the Megamans? Well, this is probably like the third or fourth fan fiction I've ever read, and I've also <laughs> never played Megan Man, so... Uh, part of the reason I picked this was because I knew you two were both unfamiliar with the source material. Mm -hmm. But yeah, and also kind of as an experiment, because uh, I brought this up uh, before we started recording with you two, but um, the thing about Mega Man lore is there isn't really that much Mega Man lore. If you're reading a Mega Man fanfic, really most of what you're looking at is being written into by the author mm -hmm. because there isn't a whole lot of world building in Mega Man. It's, it's about jumping and shooting, and that's about it. And I think that in itself is going to give us a bit of an interesting angle discussing this, right? Absolutely. Because when it comes to Dragon Ball, I mean, there is... Loosely an established canon with how things are, how things are supposed to be. Dog people. Very much like you know, yeah, very much like JoJo. However, Toriyama forgets things, um, kind of like Araki does. Not quite to that scale. Uh, with Mega Man, I mean, the way you're making it sound, it's kind of like a blank slate. It kind of is. It kind of isn't. The ideas are there, the principles are there, and the general layout of a story is there. I also brought this up before, but after X5, things get weird. <laughs> um, some of the games are maybe non-canon. It's unclear. You, you, you just kind of have to take Mega Man X stuff with a grain of salt and just sort of understand the, the underlying theme of X was created 100 years ago and now these robots with emotions. Copyright David Cage. Um, how many polygons do they have, though? Not a lot. Not enough. Right. They're, they're That's why their emotions aren't real. They're technically sprites, so they don't have polygons. So they don't have emotions. This argument's Shoot. over. Shoot. <laughs> but uh, the, the principle is, X created 100 years ago, then discovered. Uh, now robots with emotions are based on X. Zero created by the rival scientist of the scientist who created X, basically to destroy X also 100 years ago. Um, got beaten up by a bald man and forgot how to be evil. Oh no! But then the bald man caught the evil. Scary bald man. That's Sigma, right? That's Sigma. Okay. Right? But um, 
that's sort of where you come to zero and x zero is a warrior x is really old really really into art um sort of their whole thing is zero is a killing machine yeah and x was made to be a robot with emotions <laughs> so there's a couple of differences there <laughs> i think of gun arm <laughs> he shoots people from a distance so he doesn't have to feel the pain of killing them up close. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing you got that range up Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we should mention, um, if you haven't read the fic, now's a good time to do so. If you'd like to uh, join in our discussion, go ahead and do so in the comments below. Um, there will be links in the description to the author's pages on fanfiction and AO3, as well as the fic itself on both sites. So, Jesse, I want you to explain the premise. Yeah, with that said, let's let's get going. I just want to make sure... Okay, so, X is going through his email, uh, presumably on his arm, I guess, because it always brings up his, like, mini-comp or whatever. A little tiny computer? Yeah, and one of them is just from the government, being all like, (laughs) hey, we're gonna... You're gonna be the fucking terrorist... I'll swear to that. Don't worry, I got this. Yeah, it's okay. You're going to be the terrorist in, in, in our new organization where we're going to test all the world governments. You're going you're to get to choose your team and your weapons and put up a, a sim ter- terrorist thing. And we're going to have a bunch of all, all world government. I think it's like Marines, Interpol, the <clears throat> Reploids something. Yes. Hunt, the re- the ir- irregular ir- hunters. Yeah, exactly. What a great, I hate the word Reploid. Um... <laughs> are all going to, like, come and try to stop whatever terrorist act you decide. And you need to send it in, like, a week prior, which means apparently they're going to get all these cool weapons to them within, like... A week? S- yeah, six days. Quote-unquote, <laughs> by secret arrangement. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, then, and then he's going to be prepared to terrorize Chicago, oh. specifically. Yeah, so... <laughs> Let's yeah. let's they even run the sim in a real city with real people. They don't tell anyone to evacuate or no, anything. No, no, no. But everyone in the city has to agree to it, and then they like also wear sim stuff. And if they die, I guess they get teleported out of the city. Yeah. So you just be going about your regular ass life in the middle of fucking Chicago, <laughs> out of nowhere, some fucking robot shoots you with a hollow beam, and then poof, you're in a fucking hospital somewhere. Okay. Talking about just you're cursing a lot. As <laughs> as someone who went to school in Illinois. That is exactly the kind of thing that Chicago would do. But would but, they be? Would they put up with it? No, that's the problem. Is like your your house could fake blow up, and then you teleport out of the city. But your fake blown up house would sim be there, so they could sim like evacuate you. But then you'd still have to go back to your house and whatever. That's not not important, I guess. <laughs> no one. Like, whatever, terrorists. Don't think, don't think too hard, Jesse. I, I thought way too hard. <laughs> I'm just gonna say this now in advance. I'm sorry, I thought way too hard. I absolutely agree with you, honestly. We didn't find out it was Chicago until like the last tenth. (laughs) I can be be as facetious as I, the Business Bureau of Chicago. Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) They're mean to their robots. Oh no. Let's fake blow them up. So, (laughs) like, I'm going to make this entire political statement against this anti-robot group using the ideals of people who hired me, but I don't agree with. And I'm going to hope none of this blows up in my face, literally. Or fitter. literally says metaphorically. That. It'll either work out really well or really bad. Either that or I'm going to inspire a series of terrorist attacks after I'm done. Ooh, that's fine. Whatever happens. Basically, that's what he does, though. Yeah. Because, like, right at the end, like, Sigma and Vile are, are talking. Yeah, they're playing the they beginning of Mega Man say, 1. So, yeah. So... X. X showed us that we can do this thing. We so do let's do thing. it. <laughs> yeah. Oops, I accidentally proved that it's really easy to commit terrorist acts in Chicago. 
Because oh, that doesn't bite anyone in the ass. The the other thing that he sort of does though is he he sort of brings up goodwill against uh, the the authoritarians, right? Who are a creation for this fic? Yeah. Again, when when it comes to Mega Man X, you've got to write a lot into it to hey, feel like you even have a world. Hey, look, you robot haters! See, even though you hate them and you want them all dead, they're still helping you like they would in an actual emergency. Like, I don't know. I, I get it. And his motivations, in the context, make sense. However, they're really... <laughs> Before we get too far in, I'm just going to go ahead and give the quickest synopsis of the actual events I can. Yeah, go for it. So X gets a message uh, while he's just out and about doing his thing. And he is selected to be the terrorist in a mock trial, a war game... That takes place in an urban area as basically a massive publicity stunt between all of these big military organizations to try to just demonstrate their readiness for a situation like this. And after tossing it about a little bit, he decides not just to accept the offer, but to go it alone. Alone, yeah. Basically as a rogue soloist and to just sort of break the conventions of previous war games hostage situations, highly specialized groups, things like that. And he he manages to rope them along for a little while. He gets a big first strike in. Intentionally leaves targets, clues behind. Intentionally leaves clues, unintentionally leaves others. Mm -hmm. But um, it ultimately ends with him accomplishing his big goal in assassinating the business bureau of yeah, Chicago. Let me just nuke the business owners of this city. I mean, they're just flash grenades. No one's going to be blind forever, probably. But, you know, we'll see what happens. I'm dead inside forever. <laughs> I was never alive inside to begin with. But uh, it, it ends with uh, X sort of shocking everyone and blowing all of their expectations away. Both and my God. And literally. And uh, it ends with a um, two final conversations. One between X and Zero... Uh, no homo. Where uh, X and Zero... There's a lot of X and Zero shipping throughout the fandom. Yeah, but it, robots. It, it's one of those... Uh, it's one of those conversations that you could take whichever way you want to. But uh, it's basically Zero talking about how well you're into the arts and stuff. So I would like it if you not die. So I can talk with someone about, about the, the arts, arts and stuff. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get Sigma and Vile talking about... We're going to blow up the world. <laughs> We're gonna Let's do it the same way this guy did it. But also kill X first. Yeah. Let's explicitly say we'll do that and then fail. <laughs> well, Zero jumps in and saves him. Yeah, I, don't, <laughs> I don't remember that game at all. It's I'm pretty like sure I played X1. It's the two minutes of Mega Man X1. You like... You jump in, Vile becomes, like, invincible, you almost die, and then Zero comes and saves you, and you spend the whole game getting Zero upgrades. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, at that point, uh, I think we can just sort of jump into, uh, Let's just jump right into it. Since, since we've I hate that, by this. the way. I hate that every YouTube video and every podcast in the world, let's just get into it. Let's jump into it. Sorry. I hate you, Steven, is what he's saying. Yes, that's what I'm saying. I, love I hate you, Steven. Nicholas. I love you too. Every every moment of your hatred. Good. Empowers me. Good. So, we we've already kind of gone through this, but what are your general impressions of the story? Because um, mine are, again, I'm biased. I really enjoy this story, especially as someone who's in this fandom. 
But I, I can see the blemishes. I can see, uh, one, that this is an older work, and two, that there's there's probably a lot of things in here that I could bring up as a fan of the work that you two wouldn't be right. able to. But uh, I can see the, uh, the blemishes there. Um, what are sort of your thoughts? So the first day goes into a lot of detail about, like, he pretended to be on the good guy's side, made fake badges, and then you weren't allowed to start an attack until exactly 6 a.m. So instead of attacking, he decided to lay down a bunch of flashbangs that were like sim grenades and place them around the camp of the good guy place and then snuck out really early, pretended to kill his own character off. Uh, so everyone thought he would die, so they didn't expect him to be the terrorist. And, like, it was all really well explained in that first attack and whatnot. And then right as 6 o'clock hit, he blew up some grenades, and he got 10 S-rank hunters. Ooh. No, he didn't get the S-rank hunters. Oh, they didn't. were all meeting. Oh, yeah. He got a bunch of the soldiers and all the squads, right? He got a couple of the S-ranks. Yes. But, unexpectedly. But then, like, the next thing after that is, like, the next day he doesn't do anything except it says, like, he blows off three more grenades, and that's all it gives you, like... Doesn't say why or where or anything. He just, he just threw three more, I guess. <laughs> I think that's sort of one of the criticisms I have of it, too. Because uh, something that um, that uh, it sort of feels like, it's like watching an episode of Criminal Minds, but instead of like getting the pieces of the mystery fed to you so you can come to a conclusion, yeah. you're presented with the conclusion... And then, and then retroactively, retroactively given what the things were. So I feel like, um, particularly with like the build-up to the Business Bureau of Chicago... Yeah, um, so... I feel like if they just hadn't been mentioned right when he was going to go blow them up, that might have... Just sort of that general shift. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I feel like there's a lot of room throughout the story for more detail. Just, uh, like... And I get, you know, it's a, it's nine years old, it's a 7,000 word one shot, right? It's just a yeah. quick thing, well, quick thing. Quick. I know how long it takes to write shit like this. Um, it's, yeah, it's just a one shot. You write it, you're done, you move on to the next thing. But I, I really feel like even, like now, this story would benefit from just a lot more... Expansion. Expansion. It would benefit from being expanded, just having a lot more detail thrown in, particularly in places where Jesse was talking mm -hmm. about, like why he was doing things in different areas, what he chose to do next... But then we do see some of that in the scene in the gun shop, or the upgrade shop, I guess. Yeah. And then in the scene when he's setting off that next uh, bomb in the business when the Marines are walking by. Yep. Uh, the one time he uses his range upgrade. Right. The, the, you the know, one shot. Chekhov's range upgrade. Exactly. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. <laughs> see, I think uh, the way I kind of think of it, um, does it make sense if I say... This story about X could benefit if X were not the protagonist. This story about X could benefit if Zero got more play. I think it would be really fun to read this story from the angle of the hunters okay. trying to investigate and trying to catch X while getting bits and pieces of what X is doing I think it, instead of him feeding it to us. I think it would, but I think it would be better with this story as a companion to that i agree because I, I, I think, think that uh, it would be really hard to write that without this information also i do too unless you just wrote one story with both perspectives that that's sort of uh that I'm way kind you, of approaching it of the angle of this story expanding it into something else as one story 
Because I'm not saying that should be done. Because right. this is this is a one shot that, at the very least, is nine at years. At the very old. least, yes. Maybe older, <laughs> maybe potentially. But um, and I mean, she does specify at the beginning it's one of her older stories. Yes, it so is it could even be 10, 11, 12 years quite old. old. And quite old. Quite old. I I bring it up as um, as someone who likes sort of trying to expand the Mega Man universe into something that is unique that is its own I would kind of like to see something that sort of went for the same premise but explored it from the angle sort of like because um, my, my wife's been watching a lot of Criminal Minds recently so you know all the profiling and profiling that somehow works really well even though it doesn't, doesn't always work really in real well life. but um there's that one point where Interpol comes in and they like they start looking for an individual yeah. because they've profiled the attacks and what's going on and based on the persona that X is presenting yep. they build a profile that this is a soloist and it matches the persona that he's trying to present and they're right and I wish there was more stuff like that. It's kind of interesting because that gives you an insight into X himself, right? And, yeah. and his own understanding of the person he's trying to pretend to be. X is a philosopher. Mm-hmm. And he's... You, you don't know this, but in a lot no, of the later X games, <laughs> he right. turns into a big baby. Dude, I love the X games. Especially in X7. Like, <laughs> he refuses to, like, do anything. Is Tony Hawk there? Who? Tony Hawk could come and do X games in Indy 900 and convince X to stop sitting in the command center for the first time <laughs> of the game. You're sitting there just depressed and sad. Tony, Tony Hawk, Hawk comes like, up to you, just hits you in the back of the head with a skateboard. Just like a sick flip. Yeah. Tony Hawk underground. X looks up X. like, you look like Tony Hawk, and he goes, I know. I get that a lot. Who's Tony Hawk? I wonder what he's doing now. This. But, um,. I feel like a story like this could benefit if we had more of that X setting clues. Yeah. And more of... It's, it's a very interesting concept, because he's not trying to be the uncatchable criminal mastermind. He's trying to make it like a real simulation, and put himself in the shoes of a criminal who would be more emotional. He's trying to fulfill the purpose of the exercise. And would be more prone to these mistakes. And he wants people to know yeah. who he's... Like, he specifically calls them, and it's like, yeah, because that's a bad thing. Some, someone with, <laughs> who, who has a message to send <laughs> would city. want that message to get out. Yeah. Blowing up your business bureau. <laughs> Taking out your... Uh, Protesters, yeah. Let me just go to a protest and set off some bombs. That won't get flagged on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my channel demonetized. I also like that he like at some point takes off his helmet and puts on a trench coat so he looks like an adolescent boy. Take off his helmet. I've seen it a few times. You can in the very first Mega Man game. Like his head comes off, or his helmet comes his off. Head. His whole head he swaps heads to a helmetless head. <laughs> there's just a shot of him, like in the opening intro, of his just hair blowing in the wind, shaggy black hair. I don't think X canonically has ever taken his helmet off, but the fans all just kind of take it for granted that he can, because Rock could, who yeah. is Mega Man, and since X is basically the next version of Mega Man. People assume, okay, we're going to keep the uh, the positives from the previous version. 
This is Windows X, not Windows Vista. We 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 skipped nine. He's he's over there in that uh, recycle bin. Please don't open that one and let him out. But um, I think this story I really enjoy. Just reading through this story again after so many years, because really it's just a fun romp through a story through a universe really that doesn't get a whole lot of attention. Mm-hmm. But there's some things that I think could be improved upon. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a good cue for us to get into the actual grading. All right. So, uh... One thing I would like to say really quick is I loved it every time they would, like, actually talk about video game stuff where, like, Mega Man's like, oh, man, look, if I fall, I'll be fine because I have my wall climbing ability, or wall clinging ability, which doesn't actually help me stick to a wall, but I can slide down it. It's really slowly. Yeah, and it, like, that happens, like, two or three times. It almost takes you out, but at the same time, it's like, it is a video game. It fits in the universe. Yeah, that is what he does. Like, oh, yeah, there's a wall jumping part where Zero's training him. Man, if if, if I had those rocket boots, I'd be able to do that real easy, but I don't. I I have those grappling boots. See, when I think of that, I think of, um... In the PSP remake of the first game, Maverick Hunter X, there's oh, a, no. there's an OVA uh, that unlocks when you beat it. And it's basically a 20-minute long anime movie of like the events leading up to the first game. And it's pretty good, but there is a visual where uh, X does do like the wall slide down. And that's kind of what I visualize when I'm thinking of it. We're, we're talking about this now, and it just reminds me. Do you guys remember the Sonic the Hedgehog movie from the 90s? Yeah, the one where Knuckles had a cowboy hat. Knuckles had a cowboy Australian hat, yeah. Um, it's, I think of like running through an open field toward a canyon, and there's just a spring there for no reason. Oh, yeah. And he bounces on it, and he breaks through a robot, because that's what he does in the video game. This handles that sort of thing much better, oh, like, yeah. whereas that totally really right. kind of breaks it. I mean, not that that movie's great anyway. Well, because, like, X is like, amazing. who would build something It's not great. Like it's this? amazing. And Zero's like, it could happen. It could it happen. happen. It happens a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's, see, that, I mean, acknowledging that it's kind of ridiculous and it doesn't, uh, I get that. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's a good way to address it. That was creative. So, jumping into actual grading. Uh, Nick, do you want to give... Uh, do you want to start out with uh, your first score, just regarding premise? Well, um, I'm going to go over the rubric real quick, just a quick once over. So we're going to be scoring these out of 100, much like we did the last one, uh, over premise, source consistency, plot and characters, writing quality, and cleanliness, with an optional completion bonus that isn't relevant this time, but will be relevant for any story with 50,000 or more words that is completed. Generally, multiple chapters. So... Premise is 10 points, source consistency is 15, plot and characters is 40, writing quality is out of 25, cleanliness is out of 10. Premise, all right, the what if, the idea behind the story, is, I mean, it's pretty self-explanatory, right? Right. Um, I, I felt like it was, it was pretty direct and to the point, you know, society of robots and human beings, very heavily militarized, at least that's the vibe I was getting, uh, running simula- simulation to test the defenses and readiness of their forces. It... It's a bit fantastical to assume that an entire city would go along with this stretch. It's a bit of a stretch. Again, as someone who That's what you need the range upgrade for, so you can make that reach. This is exactly (laughs) the kind of crap Chicago would pull. I like that we keep making jokes about the range upgrade, but we don't talk about it at all. We'll get there. No. Uh, (laughs) It's over. um, What about the helicopter option? It's it's a decent... (laughs) Shut up. We will get there eventually. It's a decent hook for the story, 
but it requires a lot of suspension of disbelief because every time I agree he goes and commits a terrorist act, terrorist. It's hard to imagine <laughs> an entire mob of people just playing dead. I mean, I know they're being <laughs> teleported out, but like, no, it's their sim that plays. You dead. set off a flashbang grenade in the middle of a mob. And then all these little holograms fall over, but the people have actually See, been teleported no, out. They have like, to get teleported like out. I've like head version where it's actually a massive <laughs> flash mob. <laughs> <laughs> no, see, they have to get teleported out of Chicago to somewhere safe, so they go to Detroit. And they go attacks happen again. If Detroit. I remember, I think Maverick X-Files takes place in Detroit. <laughs> See? Oh, wait. It's not safe anymore. They teleported too many people there. It started a riot. Reploids. They became human. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit become Reploid. <laughs> That's where they get their emotions. Oh man, the sequel to Become Human is just all some dude getting so many are in Detroit. <laughs> That's why the water's so bad. There's so many polygons in it's, it. You drink it and you just get more emotional. <laughs> What's happening? I don't know. Uh, Give your score. All right, I I gave it a five out of ten because it's it's a good enough hook for a fantasy sort of sci-fi story, but it's a stretch. See, I, I sort of thought the same thing, but because I'm much more lenient. And <laughs> yeah, because um, you're like Once again, let's qualify. I'm an asshole. You're 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 an asshole and you're also like European greatest. Yeah, I don't I don't like giving everything amazing perfect scores, even if I really like it. I mean, President for a Day got a seventy five from me, and I fucking love that story. That story was fantastic. It's fantastic. And it's deserving of a seventy five percent. To me. Yeah, I because I I gave premise eight out of ten for basically the same reasons you did. Mm-hmm. I like the idea, but it's a stretch. Yeah, even as much as I joke around about how stupid the government is in Illinois and this being exactly the kind of garbage they would pull, um, it's it's a logistical nightmare. Absolutely, <laughs> it's it, it it just it boggles the mind. You, you really have to suspend your disbelief on that one. What is disbelief? It's over there. Story. Yeah. But uh, for this one in particular, that premise is just a bit hard to mm-hmm. a bit hard to swallow. So, uh, I was... So... Hmm. <laughs> Do you have a pen so I can write down Jesse's scores? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I was wondering, like... Because Stephen always says that it is hard to do lore for Mega Man. And you think of, the more you think about it, it's like every single Mega Man boss literally does take place in an entire city. Like you show up on the border of the city and then you run to the middle to fight whatever terrorist bird is attacking yeah. or other robot. It actually makes way more sense to the story than it should. Yeah. So you know what? I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10, even though I kind of agree that it, it's a little bit of a stretch. But like that, that is every Mega Man game, you are fighting a robot that has taken over like a city. And that is what these training exercises are for. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that. I can I can see that reasoning. Came back with a pen. Also, I didn't want to give it an eight because that's what Stephen gave it. <laughs> Love you, Jesse. Yeah. So after that, we have the next factor: source consistency for fifteen points. Basically, how does this hold up with the source material? For this, I gave it a ten out of fifteen. Um, as a video game adaptation, there are always humps to get over, and some are done more gracefully than others. 
I think the integration of law enforcement agencies, real life law enforcement agencies, <laughs> the Marines and Interpol, <laughs> Interpol really threw the me Marines. Off. Why would why would Interpol be helping in Chicago? I don't know. It's I mean, global government. Interpol's okay. there. The Marines are there. So Globalism. Can, so Keith David can yell at Mar- Ramirez to do Ma- everything. Ramirez. Ramirez. Ramirez, <laughs> give me that gun. No, jeez. But um. There, there's some things that just strike me as a little odd. I will say the the whole spike room, as cheeky as it is, uh, feels a bit weird. But I, I kind of, it kind of evens out for me. Yeah. Because it, it's kind of fan servicey mm-hmm. as far as that goes. And then um, I also like this is something that you, you two as not initiated fans oh, no. wouldn't really get. Yeah, but I like thing. the conversation. At the end between X and Zero, where uh, Zero's asking X if he would really die for his ideals. And I don't know if that's intentional or not. Whether or not it is, uh, as the reader, I can read whatever the heck I want into it. Death of the author. Hi, author. You're great. Sorry, Savvy. We don't want you to die. (laughs) (laughs) It's not literal. I'm sure anybody who writes shit like this knows that. (laughs) But uh, I interpret that as sort of foreshadowing toward X's eventual demise in a... Oh my god, I I forgot to tell you this, but uh, (laughs) between X and Zero, there is what we call the Elf Wars. What? <laughs> exactly. What? But, uh... No, no, hold on. Don't gloss over that. No, no, no. Gloss <laughs> over. Gloss right. over. Let's move on. I want to know about the elf wars. <laughs> but, uh, X like sacrifices elf himself to, uh, end that conflict. And basically, uh, sacrifices his own body so it can serve as a, uh... Basically, as a seal on the dark elf. Don't ask questions. You're not prepared for the answers to I'm asking so many questions. <laughs> but uh, X basically gives up everything. But then he becomes an elf. And then he basically gives up everything again, plus a little bit more. And it's, not how it's always in service of just protecting that ideal that he has of a peaceful world where mankind and reploids can exist together. So I, I I kind of read that as foreshadowing sort of what X would eventually do. Alright, so ignoring all, all of that. All of that. Uh, <laughs> gotta throw that baggage up a window. It, it just, it's over there now. It's in the corner. <laughs> um, no, I, I can definitely see that. I, I feel like an author who is familiar with the series in a way like that would, would absolutely intend for that to be read as foreshadowing. And even if they didn't... The only thing... Is I can't remember when Mega Man Zero Three came out. <laughs> <laughs> and even then, I mean, if you have a decent enough understanding of the character itself and the motivations behind the character, you could write something like that, expecting that to happen, even if you didn't know for sure it was going to happen yet, because it would fit within the motivations and the characterization of that character. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I totally could see that. The the other thing I will say about source consistency, the thing that I can't get over. Because if you've ever looked at anything Mega Man related and seen like the 3D Mega Mans, Mega Man, they're all really bulky and they kind of like <laughs> jump oh, like from when he's one leg to the other. When, when he's moving through disguised as a person, because I 
I can't get out of my head their massive hands and feet and yeah, super feet, thick legs. I was thinking about that. And then, like, just visualizing, like, freaking normal people, like the Interpol guy giving the profile, like, I'm a normal person. I am zero, and my arm is thicker than your face. <laughs> Let's not even talk about X, whose gun arm is thicker than my arm. <laughs> That's a big arm. I gotta, mean, gotta put all that range somewhere. Right? So what, what would you score source consistency? You said 10? I gave it a 10 out of 15. Again, it sounds like I'm being harsh, but really, I think a lot of it works. Uh, the characterization falls in line. The, um, the world itself, again... There's not much to really be consistent with, but it, it, it's sort of like uh, bringing back the Cloud, Aerith, and Bob thing from last episode. <laughs> um, when you have like all of these fantastical robots, and then like the ultimate target is the Better Business Bureau of Chicago, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, I've been, I've been yanked I've been right bamboozled. <laughs> so I, I still like it. But there's some things that throw me for a whirl there, which is easy to do in something like this, where you right. don't really have much of a referent to work with in the first place. I love having no referent. What did you score it? I'm sure you scored it the way that I did. Actually, no. I gave it the same score. I gave it a 10 out of 15. Um, I mean, I don't have much, again, more than a passing familiarity with the series. Uh, it's, it's hard for me to judge the consistency with what little I have. It just it felt within the world the majority of what was there fit you know fit yeah. within the world established by the author mm-hmm. so I mean w- I wouldn't feel comfortable scoring it any higher with the knowledge I have so I gave it the best score that I believed I was able to give which would be a ten out of fifteen so I don't really have a whole lot more to fair, say on that fair fair Jesse you're an educated opinion yeah I got you fam uh, so it, it, like. Every time they would talk about video game mechanics, it would take me out. But at the same time, it's like, that is how it would work in the world. So I guess, in Mega Man X1, right, do your pellets shoot the full screen? Yes. So you keep the rangefinder upgrade. <laughs> All right. For that, I'm going to give it a 13, then. There you go. <laughs> Solid. Shoot lemons. <laughs> if, that, if that wasn't there, I'd give it an 11. If it was like the original Mega Man where it goes like four feet... So, plot and characters. Let's just gloss over the range upgrade again. <laughs> For 40 points, Nicholas. Plot and characters? Um, it's... Okay, so whereas uh, President for a Day, and we're going to be doing a lot of comparing stories to each other, I feel. You know, since we're all just working off of the same lexicon, I think that'll just progress as we Yeah, go. that's fine. Um, President for a Day was definitely character-driven. I think this one's more plot-driven. Absolutely. Where the character is given an ultimate goal, or comes up with a set of ultimate goals, and each action is driven toward those goals, rather than driven by the motivations of the character. Because even within the story itself, X's character is a creation of his own imagination, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the author does give us a lot of... Some, well, a lot. Several... Uh, good looks into the thought processes of X and Zero, but again, the majority of those are reactions to or explanations of the actions that they're taking. Um, examining them, trying to figure out what they're doing next, why they're going to do things next. Uh, we get to see a bit more of Zero's deductive reasoning than I would have expected, 
and I would like to have seen a little bit more of that. But what? you have a hacker, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I do wish Zero got a little bit more play. Uh, but that goes back to what we were talking about earlier with kind of a story rewrite, and that's not really necessary. I think the mm-hmm. as it is, um, it it feels a little more biased toward X, and that's fine because X. that's yeah, that's that's what the story's supposed to be. Uh, let's see, I'll go through my notes again. Um, oh, they do get. You've mentioned this a few times. The conversation at the end of the story where they're talking about. Um, their personal motivations as opposed to the motivations that they established for the war game. Um, that was interesting. That was an interesting dynamic between the two of them with, with this near emotionless but not quite cold-blooded killing machine and this robot man with feelings who wants feels. to play piano and do art. Want to play piano and have polygons. Yes. The, the emotionless killing machine wishes to establish himself with more polygons. And, and it's, it's interesting for them to sort of... X wants to learn to be a better soldier and learn to use his abilities to protect his own ideals while doing so in a less violent way, unless he absolutely has to, with Zero wanting to stay just as violent as he is, but also learn to play fun music. Yeah. <laughs> See, I, I kind of fall the same direction. What's your score on that again? Um, I mean, that plus, like, the plot being sort of a relatively simple escalation. Yeah. Which isn't necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Uh, no, it's, it's a simple escalation, you know, a couple of small attacks, and then larger ones and larger ones, and then... And then the business bureau. The business bureau, out of nowhere. Um. (laughs) Should we mention these suicide bombs that place? Oh, yeah, he absolutely just ties a bunch of flash grenades to himself and just runs in and blows off. He specifically gets caught right when he was there. It's particularly weird to me, because when I was doing stuff for PR in Illinois... They taught us how to strap bombs to ourselves? I I got to work with a lot of chambers of commerce (laughs) in the Chicago area, so it's a really weird feeling. It's like, I know that building, I know where he blew up. (laughs) (laughs) I've been there, it was a disaster. (laughs) No, all that um, taken into account, it despite the misgivings I have with some of the plot and characterization, it did feel real. It felt like it fit within the world for the most part. I gave it a 25 out of 40. And I gave it a 30 out of 40 okay. for a lot of the same reasons. <laughs> I really wish, my big thing is I wish Zero got more characterization. I think Zero pre-X4 does not get enough characterization just in anything because um you're probably familiar with zero and x4 vaguely because of uh some infamous voice clips uh namely what am i fighting for that's right up there with uh (laughs) i was supposed to be the one to fill your dark soul with light that you must find dr wally yeah capcom uh, please keep doing that Please keep giving us voices. But um, I really wish Zero, like, got more exploration at that Mm -hmm. time. Because Zero spends most of Mega Man X just not there. Yeah. He spends most of Mega Man X 2 dead. (laughs) And then he doesn't really do much during Mega Man X 3. And then Mega Man X 4, he might be there if you decided to play with him. Or he might have just screwed off if you didn't decide to play with him. <laughs> and then Mega Man X5 is where the plot becomes, I guess, maybe important. Nobody knows. <laughs> but um, 
I wish we got to see a little bit more of Zero because his whole thing is he doesn't really know where he comes from. He just knows he fights. He's mm. good at it. Why must we fight? And for him, the answer to that question is, why not? <laughs> sure, let's fight. Why not? So he is a warrior through and through. But he's also a bit more introspective than the other, um, I'll, I'll call them more, um, almost more primitive. Because sort of in the Mega Man universe, Dr. Light and Dr. Wily really were ahead of their time. Because even though X and Zero are so much older than all of these other Reploids, X just keeps finding armor upgrades that Light apparently made for him before he died. And he, apparently he made like 50 of them. Yeah. But, um, Here you go. Take all these. All of that stuff makes X one of the most formidable Reploids in existence. And meanwhile, Zero is just the killing machine made by hello truck all right for the record we're right next to a busy road and also there's a hospital right next to us so if you hear a chopper that's what that is but um the um i, I completely lost my train of thought basically light and wily were super ahead of their time and these two machines they made back in mid to late 2000s like completely overshadowed way before 20 xdx 20 xx the, for the record, Mega Man 20XX, Mega Man X 21XX. Holy shit. Wow. I think the very first Mega Man was actually 2000X. I think it was too. And then everything after that was 20XX. 2000X. Yeah. But, um... X2000. I feel like a Zero who gets to explore a bit more about who he is before killing his girlfriend on accident. <laughs> that that merits some exploration that just doesn't happen here. And we get close to it, like you said, with X and Zero sort of discussing what they do and at the end discussing their ideals. Mm -hmm. But we don't quite get there. And I do like the plot. I do like X sort of as the villain. He makes a fun villain with the persona he goes for. Mm -hmm. I do, again, wish like that the there was... There was, in addition to that escalation, I would want to see not just X's plans, but also more of the hunters and the law enforcement agencies catching on and right. following him and doing some of that investigation. Because we see that at the upgrade shop, and we see that with Zero getting his impromptu phone call from X. You have a hacker. But, uh... <laughs> <laughs> we can't find any of a, any trace of a hacker, sir. That's because he knows your system. <laughs> He's in there right now. He's in your system, stealing your nudes. No, <laughs> the hacking. But uh, I feel like there could have been more of that. As it is, I think it's really fun. It's not quite great, but it's still a favorite for me. So I give it a thirty. Okay, Jesse, you guys have basically gone over everything. I will say, basically, my only problem is, like, it, the plot just kind of happened as it happened. There was no... Like, he, he was he was saying he had a big final thing he was going to do, but you had no way of knowing what it was until he actually right. got there, which is basically my only problem with it. And then they kind of had their talk about ideals, so I'm just going to say 34. 34? 34! I, I'm, I'm, I'm keeping track of Jesse's scores on a... a 
you know, Wendy's receipt right here, and I actually wrote out of 20, so I went to write 34, and my brain's like, that's not how math works. Wendy's, please sponsor us. <laughs> oh my god, if Wendy's, holy shit, dude. <laughs> Jesse has gone to the bathroom. Yeah, no, uh, if, if we could get a fucking Wendy's sponsorship, man, you, you know I would never eat anywhere else in my entire life. All those chicken nuggets. Oh my god. Uh, we will take a quick break, and we will resume when Jesse comes back from the bathroom. And we're back, and I have a root beer. Are we though? Are we Correct. Though? I'm gonna are say we, we are. Back. Jesse, uh, how was the bathroom? Oh, dude, not Like, there's nothing in that bathroom, and it's weird. I feel like <laughs> there should at least be like toothpaste on the counter. See, you know the reason there's nothing on that counter? It's because I took everything off so I could clean it <laughs> in preparation for you two coming, so you could not appreciate any of the cleaning I did. Hey, dude, cool. your apartment's super nice. It's really clean. <laughs> I don't trust it. <laughs> See, having company is good. It motivates you to clean the toilet. So, <laughs> on to writing quality. Steven? Um, writing quality. Uh, getting away from cleaning the toilet. Um, for the most part, is good. There's a couple of weirdly structured sentences. Mm -hmm. Actually, uh, I have one particular example I'm going to pull up. And it's for um, the very end, the end of the letter that X gets from... Um, from the government... The Global Government Council. Um, the last line. This is a task for all of our agencies. We put our hopes in that you will come up with an appropriate methodology. Yeah, it's a little... That heavy. throws me off for a bit. Particularly, we put our hopes in that you will come up with an yeah. appropriate methodology. Technically, I believe that's correct. It just sounds weird. It's one of those times where... Because English is objectively the worst language. It's awful. Um, it's terrible. So, wow. so many things might be technically right, but there's there's an art to making it sound good because English, by its nature, doesn't want to sound good. No. <laughs> so, for the most part, I like it, but there's a couple of awkward sentence constructions that sort of make me deduct a few points. Um, so I give it a 20 out of 25 on the, uh, the writing quality scale. Um, I was in a similar boat. I mean, there was, there was some odd pacing, uh, but I think that's due to the length of the story. The one shoddiness. The one shoddiness. The one um, not shoddiness, one shottiness with T's. Um, just because, you know, it's, it's a one shot. It's Don't simple. Tease me. I will tease you. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, please. Sure no. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's well-written, uh, quality was, was completely acceptable, it was well-structured, it was easy to read and easy to stay engaged. Overall, i say it was a pleasant reading experience. I also gave it a 20. 20. So, the thing about that government letter... <laughs> oh, here we go. Knowing, knowing about the government and how they like to send things, it would have actually been written way worse, <laughs> way more confusing... <laughs> And had literally two pages of completely useless information that you never looked at, except for one sentence halfway through that's actually important. So, in that regards, I think it's way better than the Government Global Council. I honestly just hate that name. <laughs> that's, that's probably the... And, like, most of the problems I actually had with the writing had nothing to do with the writing. It's more about how I just hate words that come from the Mega Man universe. Of, like, reploids and... Like, I... I 
couldn't figure out what the hunters were for like <laughs> halfway through. Oh yeah, IHHQ message two zero nine ELE random selection war game puzzled at the non-standard message number. It's like all right. But I don't know if that's a Mega Man thing or not. It is not. Yeah, okay. Again, I, I put out a message when we were when I was sending this out, just because I know I'm the authority on the lore of the Mega Man. You are the authority. In the, no one else in this world <laughs> yeah. has more Mega Man knowledge than you, Steven. You are the authority. Uh, the local authority, let's put it that way. Alright, okay. I have a very long history of Megamans. See, I thought about asking you things, and then I was like, ah, we'll just get it out during the thing. I just wiki shit. It's better. Yeah, I didn't even do that. You know, I feel like this way works. Yeah. Much better. yeah. So, like, I like a lot of it, but there's definitely a lot of lines that are just like, I don't know what that means, and I don't like it. So I'm just gonna, you guys gave it a 20, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna go 22. There you go, Jesse, 22. <laughs> the very end. Cleanliness. Alright. Honestly, I just gave this a full 10 out of 10. Yeah. Again, for me, cleanliness is less a matter of quality of writing and more a matter of formatting. Right. And this was formatted in such a way that I could easily read the whole story Mm -hmm. without getting confused about what I was supposed to read next. I agree. And at the very least, on fanfiction.net, this is formatted well. Uh, nothing is, uh, the page breaks aren't in weird places, the spacing's fine. I mean, yeah, I gave it a perfect 10. I think it was, is again, going back to my writing quality, it's a pleasant reading experience, not jarring. I gave it a 4. No. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's perfect. There's nothing else to say. Alright. Complete was bonus, does not apply. Let me just tally up Jesse's real quick. Then we'll get into our final scores. I also like at the end where it talks about like Sigma and Pyle literally planning Mega Man 1. <laughs> this story, again, I, I hold it near and dear to my heart. It, it reminds me of when I first got into fan fiction and started to realize that fan fiction did not need to be enjoyed, ironically. <laughs> yeah, fan fiction didn't need to be enjoyable. <laughs> that's, what I learned from, that's what I learned from Savvy. Uh, no, um... <laughs> I, I enjoyed this story. Uh, having little to no knowledge of the Mega Man X series, um, I found it easy to follow for the most part. Aside from one or two little things that I had to look up, um, I thought it was I thought it was a fun read, and I'm glad we I'm glad we were taking a look at it today. So total scores, Stephen. Uh, I, I just wanted to appreciate how sanitized that response was. For, for someone like you. <laughs> Steven, total score. <laughs> My total score, I gave this a 78 out of 100. Okay. For me, that sounds really harsh, but honestly, again, European grading, American grades are stupid. <laughs> but I'm um, glad we're just, we're leaning into it. <laughs> Let's go. I, I really enjoy this story. There's blemishes, though. It's far from a perfect story. But this story will always hold a place near and dear for my heart. This is probably not the last time I'll revisit it. Mm-hmm. Jesse's score was an 88 out of 100. I like that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Sounds acceptable. My score, a 72 out of 100. Now, again, it sounds harsher than it is. Um, I just, going back to what we talked about last time, I don't feel comfortable giving anything perfect or near perfect scores unless I am abso- just absolutely wowed by it. 
Shut up, Jesse. I said nothing. I know. And so did I. Um, I really liked it. I enjoyed the story. I thought it was very well written. I would go so far as to say it was great. Do I think it's perfect? No. Do I think it was good, great, awesome, fantastic story as far as a one-shot goes? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I'm very happy with a 72 out of 100. The way I look at it, it's kind of pulpy to me. Yeah. But it's pulp that is directly targeted toward me. Yeah. (laughs) So that makes it my kind of pulp. Um, Really, this is a favorite of mine. A lot of... A lot of... Zvar, Asav, Jesse, I hate you. Yes, of real. <laughs> yes, of real. <laughs> we are, again, okay, maybe not uh, then, but I am her. so sorry. <laughs> you several. Feel free stories. to email me at, at theonyxranger at gmail.com and tell me how to pronounce your name if you want to do so. I am sorry. I tried Googling it. You know, we just, we just roll with the punches. We roll with the punches and we'll, we'll bandage the bruises later. Yeah. Wrap them up. Put a little, like, a single bandage over the cheek. Single bandage. I'm an anime character. Maybe maybe an X over the other cheek. But, um, this story... <laughs> That's what Google says. Google's wrong. I don't even know if the mic can pick that up. It picked it up. But, um, this story and a lot of Isvaro's stories are old favorites of mine. And I'll keep coming back to her stuff, even if I look at it today with a more critical eye and go, yeah, me in high school was not as critical of things as me with a college graduate degree is. Now, all of that said, I suspect that we'll be revisiting this particular author's stories again at some point in the future. We just might. I might bring up, if we ever jump into long-form works... I might get you two onto Maverick X-Files, if only because it's a weird read, and that's part of what makes it so enjoyable. So, I was thinking I might choose the next story that we're going to be discussing on here. Um, Absolutely. Stop making me choose them. I'm thinking we're going to go just a little bit longer this time, nothing crazy. Maybe a shorter one by an author Stephen and I have read several times. That Uh, could be a lot of It could be, but I'll tell you in a little bit. Um... If there's anything else anyone would like to say before we close this out. Um, So with that, uh, thank you very much for joining us on this second episode of the Unironic Masterpiece Fanfic Theater. And we will see you guys next time. Links in the description below, as always. Have a good night.